we're running just a little bit late, um, but bear with me. Um, and we'll get through it. Let me just read for you just the first little bit of the Bible reading. Uh, it's from Deuteronomy chapter 6. These are the commands, decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, their children after them, may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love him with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on, the, and on your gates. Verse 20, in the future... When your son asks you what is the meaning of these stipulations, decrees and laws the Lord our God has commanded you, tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out with his mighty hand. Over the last few weeks we we have been talking about what God says about growing godly families. And we've seen in Ephesians chapters 5 and 6 how our Christian faith affects our relationships within our families. We've, we've looked at husbands and wives. We've, we've looked at children and parents. And, and we saw last week that, that, that the role of parents is to instruct their children in the ways of the Lord. And this week I want to just zero in a, a, a little bit more on the role of parents in growing godly children, in growing a godly family. Now I know that some of you, uh, your children have left home or maybe you don't have kids, but, but listen up and maybe this is something that, that, that you can pass on to the generations to come. You know, I, I think that, that fostering a godly household is, is one of the most important things that God gives us to do while we are here on this earth. In fact, as I think about it, it's, it's really part of the great commission that Jesus gives us in, in the end of Matthew 28. Great passage, um, worth memorizing. Jesus came to them and said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you to the end of the age. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Surely our own children deserve the same treatment. I mean, the whole reason we are still around is so that we can share Jesus with the world. Right now we are living in the time before Jesus comes back. We're, we're living in the time of issuing invitations to eternity. Now it's the time to invite others to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And the children in Christian families need to hear that invitation just as much to, as the next person. God wants to see your children 
fearing Him, loving Him, belonging to Jesus. During the week I was reading one of my mate's blogs and and he had a bit of a a, a spiel about parenting. And he quoted uh, Stephen Covey uh, from his book Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families. And Stephen Covey says, If we do not teach our children, society will. And they and we will live with the results. We need to teach the next generation the way of God. We need to make disciples. But how do we go about making disciples of children in our families? How do we teach the next generations to obey Jesus' commands? How do we teach them to love the Lord their God? Well, I think Moses in in Deuteronomy chapter 6 has a few ideas for us. He writes here and he, he describes to us what it means and what it looks like to put God first in our lives. Moses is is there and he's teaching God's instructions to the Israelites so that as he says in verse 2, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all of his decrees and commands. Moses is standing there in front of the people and is repeating God's instructions to them. And he expects them to take those instructions and to pass them on to their kids and their kids after them. Because when God says something, when God addresses us, what He says is forever. Jesus Himself said, Matthew twenty four thirty five, that though heaven and earth will pass away, My words will never pass away. What God has said in the past is just as important today as He was when He first said it. What Jesus taught 2,000 years ago is just as important today as it was back then. And it will be just as important when our great-great-grandchildren have their own great-great-grandchildren. God's Word is forever. And it's important that we know it because when God speaks, He speaks words of life. He tells us how to live for Him. He tells us how we can be saved. He tells us about Jesus. He tells us what He has done for us. Even for Moses and the Israelites here in Deuteronomy, living before Jesus, obeying the Lord meant knowing Him, meant recognizing that God had saved them out of slavery in Egypt, that they were God's people. And I want to suggest that that if we want to grow godly families, we need to introduce our families to God. It sounds kind of obvious, doesn't it? But, But it's really the most important thing that we can do. And part of that is showing our families the bigger picture. We need to realize for ourselves and we need to teach our kids that our families are just a small part of a larger family. Godly families are part of God's family. When Jesus moves in, He adopts us into His family. We become co-heirs with Christ. You might know that I've I've, uh, got a history in mathematics. And I was quite fascinated a, a, a while ago. They had a TV program, a documentary about the history 
of fractals. Brilliant. Brilliant program. Um, but the reason I mention it, if you look on your bulletin, has someone got a bulletin that I can just hold up? There's a picture of a Mandelbrot fractal. It, it, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, look it up on Wikipedia if you get a chance. A Mandelbrot fractal. Uh, the thing about fractals is that if you look at the big picture of a fractal, it looks exactly the same as when you zoom in on it. Uh, yeah, I, uh, Graham, no, it's a little bit more complex than that. But, but generally, you look at the big picture and it mirrors what happens in the detail. And I want to suggest that our families are like that detail and the big picture is God's family. The big picture is the church, is God's people. So what it means to be godly families mirrors what it means to be God's people. I mean, we all know it. God is our Father. As our Father, says Hebrews, He teaches us and He instructs us. God is making us, His church, into the kind of family that He wants us to be. So really what Moses is doing in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is passing on Dad's instructions to Dad's people. And he's doing it so that what God says will take root in the community and thrive in the families and so that the families will know what they are supposed to look like. I mean, the point of families, the point of having kids is not to make mirror copies of yourself. The point of families is to make people who look like Jesus. That is our heritage. That is our inheritance. We are part of God's family. Our families are grafted into His. And isn't that just the most brilliant heritage that you can hand down? The most brilliant treasure to pass to the generations to come. So if we want to grow godly families, the first step, is to look again into what it means to belong to God. The first step is to teach your kids to see God's bigger picture. To show them the vision of what God expects His people to be. And I think Deuteronomy 6 makes that, that just crystal clear. It says, Moses, God is calling you to love Him. So much with all of your heart and your soul and your strength. It's the most important command in the Bible. Love the Lord your God. Love Him because He is the one God, the only God. Love Him because He is the God who has saved us. Love Him because He is God for us. Love Him because He is our Father who loves us. Love Him so much that it's not about keeping rules, but it's about just loving Him. John says in, in 1 John 5, 3, this is love for God to obey His commands. And His commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 
And you know, if, if, if Christian parents love the Lord their God that much, with every single atom of their being, their kids will pick up on it. They'll see the difference your love for Jesus has on your life. They'll see from your example what it looks like to love and obey God. My prayer is that your kids will look at your relationship with Jesus, hear of His love for you, and want that for themselves. Because at the end of the day, godly families are families defined by God's love. And have a look at at, at verse 7. Moses, speaking to the Israelites, speaking to us, says, impress these instructions onto your kids. Talk about it whenever and wherever you can. That, that word impressed in the Hebrew literally means repeat. Repeat these instructions to your kids. Do it whenever, whenever, wherever. Constantly be speaking about God, who He is, what it means to follow Him. And again, what you're doing in your family is to mirror what happens in the larger society of God's people. Remember a few weeks ago we looked at the end of Malachi and and God saw a group of godly people and He knew they were godly because they had gathered together to speak about what God had been saying. They were gathering to discuss God's Word. That's what God's family does. Meditate on the Word of the Lord and that's what... Christian families are called to do to copy God's family. And, and maybe that will be a, a time of formal Bible study in your household. I, I know that that's difficult in this day and age. But, but I think what God is calling us to in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is, is more than just sitting down and having a formal Bible study as a family. What Moses describes is a constant teaching about God. Moses is describing constantly teaching what Jesus means, what Jesus has done. Moses is talking about taking every single opportunity as it comes up to speak about God, to speak about God's Word. Take the opportunity of watching TV, driving to school, reading a book. I mean, there are so many chances to bring God into conversations with your kids. Watching the TV show, ask them, what would God think about that? Or what does, what, is, what does the Bible say about that? Or say to them, well, this is what God's Word says to that situation. I think what Moses suggests is, is small doses of God's Word as a part of everyday life. Because God's Word is meant to be a part of everyday life. It's real. It affects who we are and how we live. And the thing is, all of us, and that includes your kids, need to be ready for Jesus' return. 
You've probably noticed I, I say it just about every, every sermon that Jesus is coming back any second now. Godly families are families that are ready for Jesus to come back. Families who are taught what it means to fear the Lord. And they need to know what that means in practice. Moses paints a picture for us of, of a family that, that has God on the agenda all the time. And I'll suggest to you today that, that growing a godly family is a full-time commitment. It'll take up every waking moment. I mean, the aim is that your kids, the last thought that they have before going to sleep is about God and, and the first thought that they have when they wake up is about God. I mean, that's the aim for the bigger church. That's the aim for the family. That's what God would have for each of us. And you know, the side effect of, of, of this constant keeping of God in the picture is, is that, that parents as well will, will become more aware of what God is doing, of what God is saying. If you disciple your children, God will be discipling you. And if you want to bring up godly children, you yourself need to be striving for godliness. I mean, God has given us His Spirit to help us become more like Jesus. I think we can probably summarize this whole style of parenting as, as, as saying it's, it's sharing your own experience of God with your family. And I think the other way we can, we can teach kids to be disciples is, is, is putting up a few rituals, setting up a few traditions. Look at what Moses does in, in verses 8 and 9. He, he says, take God's word and, and tie it on, as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses, put them on your gates. When the Israelites took these two verses and they, they, they actually developed traditions that followed that, something called the mitzuzah, that they stuck on the right-hand door frame. And every time you walked through the door, you'd touch this mitzuzah. It had spits of the Bible in it. And, and as you touched it, it was meant to remind you that God's Word was applicable wherever you were going. And they, and they took stuff and put them on their foreheads. They called them phylacteries and, and on their wrists or whatever. Meant to remind them of God's Word. And, and I know tradition and ritual is a nasty word in Baptist circles. Historically, we've, we've tried to shy away from them uh, because rituals can become dangerous. They can become meaningless and empty. Jesus speaks about the Pharisees who, who wore these things on their hands and foreheads not to show God glory but to, to puff up their own egos. Rituals are useful when they remind us of God's Word. And when there is a tradition in our family that helps us to focus again on what God has said, it is just so incredibly powerful, such an incredible teaching tool. I mean, there's a reason why God set so many rituals in place. I mean, He put together the Passover 
to remind the people that, that God saves. I mean, the ritual of, of circumcision to remind the people that they belong to God. All those festivals which they celebrated. Communion to remind us of Jesus until He returns. And the interesting thing, if, if you read through and, and look at these rituals as God sets them up, a lot of them were meant to be practiced in the home. The bigger picture, God's family, God's people, defines the family, defines the home practice. And, and yes, the rituals can be as simple as saying grace before dinner. But, but often rituals, they're a little bit mysterious. They, they can work kind of like Jesus' parables. They're not obvious. You have to think, what does this mean? Where is this going? I, mean, just, I used to hate rituals, but, but over the last five or six years, I've, I've, I've started really appreciating them. Because when there's that sense of mystery, that sense of why are we doing this, there God's Word answers. And kids are great at asking questions. I mean, why do we have this ritual of going to church every week? Why do we say grace when Johnny and Jane don't say grace at their house? Why do we read the Bible? Who is Jesus? Verse 20, Moses gives us one. Your son asks you, what is the meaning of these stipulations and decrees and laws that God has commanded us? And they give us a chance to, to give the answer that we are part of the bigger family. We are part of God's family. It says Moses, verse 21, forwards, when they ask why we do this, remind them of the story of what God has done for us. I think I'll finish here. Growing, growing godly families at the end of the day is... It's about looking like God's family. It's about bringing God's Word to bear, not only in the church, but in the home. It's about making disciples of all nations and all your kids. It's about teaching them what Jesus has commanded. It's about showing them the bigger picture. It's about inviting them to be a part of that. Steve.